This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up, guys? Now that we have officially closed the book on the AFC West, because uh, we did actually find a Kansas City Chiefs guest, guest on time, we can now move on with our NFC South opponents, starting with the Carolina Panthers. And uh, we had a returning guest, Rashad Beard, from the Panther Nation podcast, going to be joining us here in just a moment. And, um, you know, I found this out uh, later on. I really wasn't paying attention when I was doing research and everything, which is odd because that's when you're supposed to pay attention but uh during the episode or during the interview i keep referring to the panthers as the last place team uh in the nfc south and i think the reason that i did that was because of the trade with the bears and them having the number one pick kind of comes with the stigma of being the worst team so therefore they must have been the last place team uh in the uh in the division in fact i think like by tiebreakers they were actually the second place team but I think the reason that Rashad never disagreed with me is because Carolina, New Orleans, and Atlanta all finished 7-10. and 10. Uh, You know, so second place, last place, third place, whatever you want to call it, they were, you know, they weren't the division winners. You know, they all tied for last in the division, uh, if you will. So I think maybe that's the only reason uh, that Rashad maybe didn't disagree with me or try to correct me while we were doing uh, the interview. So I guess it looks like we're doing the the NFC South out of order here going with the second place team. Cause I think they were the second place team after tiebreakers uh, and everything uh, established, but <clears throat> starting with Carolina, we got Atlanta up next, then new Orleans before we finish off with uh, Tampa Bay. So uh, Rashad was good enough to come on to the show and uh, we last had him on, I think in 2020, the last time we played uh, the NFC South and um, you know, the, 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 the Panthers were our, our last victory for a while. If you guys remember, we went on a nice six game losing streak after we beat uh, Carolina to go five and one uh, in 2020. But uh, you know, what are you going to do? But uh, Rashad came back uh, to preview these uh, Panthers. And obviously we had plenty to talk about uh, right off the bat with the trade. Uh, was there any buyer's remorse uh, with JC Horn when they could have had uh, Justin Fields for free instead of having to give us two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and DJ Moore to be able to get their hands on Bryce Young in 2023 when they could have had Justin Fields at number eight for free back in 2021. So uh, we talked to him uh, about that. He's got an interesting perspective uh, on it, and uh, we talk about everything else that happened, new head coach and Frank Reich and all of the uh, additions uh, that they made, Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, so on and so forth. And, you know, it's like the more you talk about it, the more you look at the Panthers, that pick that we got from them in the first round next year may not be as high as, as we originally thought it might be. Um, so we'll, uh, you, you hear me and Rashad talk about that, and we go back and forth uh, on it and preview this very interesting squad because it's an interesting division. The NFC South uh, was like the worst division in the NFL last year. The odds on that happening again are not great, but 
if it could happen anywhere, it's going to happen here because it probably even more so because you have more middle of the road teams as opposed to having, you know, a dominant team or two dominant teams or, you know, two playoff ready teams uh, or anything like that uh, in there. Now, somebody's going to emerge and win the division and it could be somebody who wins 10, 11, 12 games. Or it could be another year like it was last year where they had three seven and tens and one eight and nine team that just barely made the playoffs. So it's an interesting division, an interesting squad, an interesting guest. So let's dive right in. Rashad Beard from the Panther Nation podcast kicking off our NFC South previews of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the With the book closed on the AFC West, we now move on to our NFC South uh, preview opponent, opponent preview episodes. And uh, up first uh, for the NFC South, getting us kicked off, a team that we are very familiar with, uh, especially during this <laughs> offseason, the Carolina Panthers. And here to help us uh, preview these Panthers uh, from the Panther Nation podcast, this is Rashad Beard. Rashad, welcome back to the show, man. Hey, man, I appreciate you. I know there's a lot of talk between our fan bases, so I think we, we need to settle this uh, <laughs> this little thing that we have with each other. Uh, I think now is the time we do that. So, okay. yeah, let's, let's get it done. Let's talk. All right. Well, let's let's just, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll talk about the trade. Let's, uh, let's, let's go into that. Um, how did you personally feel about the trade? Euphoria over the number one pick aside, when you saw what the, what the cost was, how, how did that go down for you? Yeah, so for me, uh, I listen. Uh, when I first saw it, I'm a, I'm a big, big DJ Moore fan. I love DJ Moore. Uh, I I think that you know he has dealt with a lot here in Carolina, lack of QB play, uh, and he's done the best he can do considering the circumstances. So I love DJ Moore. Love his attitude. Never complain. Great, great player. But at the same time, we have been dealt, dealing with so much from a quarterback standpoint. I mean, you go back to you know the broken Cam Newton. Uh, to, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, Sam Donald, Baker Mayfield, Kyle Allen. I mean, the list just goes on and on from, from terrible QB play to terrible QB play. And, you know, I was one of those guys saying, hey, whatever it takes, maybe aside from maybe trading Brian Burns, mm-hmm. whatever, uh, whatever it takes uh, to get it done, you know, let's, let's get this, let's, let's move up, get the guy we want, and let's move on uh, and solve the problem. So when I saw, you know, we gave up XYZ and DJ Moore, I was cool with it because at the end of the day, you're not going to do too much uh, with, with terrible quarterback play. Unless you have an elite, elite level defense, um, you're not going to do too much without very good quarterback play. So I'm, I'm happy that we got, um, you know, that, that we were here with, uh, with Bryce and, you know, I'm, I'm cool with it. I, we, we, you know, we, we picked up some guys in the off season from a wide receiver standpoint. I don't think we have anybody on the roster as good as DJ Moore. Uh, but, you know, I think we try to do, you know, try to fulfill it by committee. And I, I'm, I'm happy with it. I'm okay with the trade. I'm okay with it. Yeah, because when uh, in in 2021, going into that into the draft, I was terrified. Um, I, I I knew Ryan Pace was going to make a trade uh, for a quarterback after he didn't trade for like Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson and give up the farm for those guys in the off season. It was not so much that he was making the trade. What had me scared was the price tag. What was uh, Pace going to have to pay in order to make some of those moves? And, you know, I, I knew he was also in a desperate spot. He was lame duck going into 2021. He was 
pretty much out the door. He was lucky to still have his job, which would have, you know, made it worse because whoever he was making a deal with knows this about him. I was like, oh, well, you know, desperation is in there instead of, you know, two one or two ones and two twos. I want three ones and, you know, this many twos. And I want Roquan and, and Khalil Mack on top of that and, and all the rest of that. I just was terrified he was going to give up the farm uh, for it. And God bless Dave Gettleman. He did not fleece the Bears uh, to move up from 20 to 11. We got our guy in Justin Fields, which is why we were in a position to make this trade with you guys. Uh, this offseason, we already had a quarterback or, or we didn't need to solve the quarterback question, uh, you know, this coming, uh, you know, uh, draft uh, and everything. We, we, we were more in a, in a build around the quarterback mode than we were about going out and getting uh, our guy. And so it's like the price tag always worried me more than the actual move itself, because, you know, his proclivities aside, I would have loved to have Deshaun Watson, but I was not willing to pay yeah. three ones and three twos and, and everything that Cleveland gave up for him, including a bananas contract on top of it. I just wasn't willing to right. do that for him or even Russell Wilson, who I loved going into uh, 2021. No, not so much. I'm glad we kind of didn't make that move, but we'll see if Sean Payton can, <laughs> we'll see if Sean Payton can fix that. But you know, it was always the price tag that worried me. And when I saw that the bears made the trade, it wasn't so much, that they made the move, it's what did we get? It's like, oh, great. So we, we made the move for the number one pick. Carolina was at nine, so I'm sure we got a decent haul. And I'm looking at it, okay, you know, we, we got a two for this year. We got a one next year. That's great. And a two in 2025, I thought that was odd. And then it was like, and DJ Moore was like, Dope, there it is. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm over the moon happy now because yeah. there was nobody for us to get in free agency. The, anybody that we would have tried to get in the draft would have been a reach, obviously, at number one, or we would have been able, or we would have been risking not being able to get them by trading down uh, and things like that. It's like we got the best possible scenario out of that by getting DJ Moore, getting Justin Fields, his number one guy, uh, and everything. So it's like, yeah, it sucked not making the number one pick, but when I saw that DJ Moore was thrown in on top of the future possibilities in those draft picks, I was, I was euphoric. I was ecstatic. It felt like a late birthday yeah, present because my birthday was two days before the trade uh, was made. It was like birthday present for me. Thank you, Ryan Poles. Yeah, and I think a lot of you know, I think a lot of Bears fans feel like you know y'all fleeced us, and I, I really don't think that's the case at all. Because if, if Bryce Young, you know, turns out to be you know what we think he's going to be and what he's showing he can be uh, this offseason, I think you know it's a win-win for both teams. I know this typically not viewed that way and somebody's got to win the trade but I right. really think this is a win-win for Bart, um, especially if Bryce turns out to be what we think he's going to be I think it's a win-win well you know what I I, I agree with you I, I I don't think that we fleeced you guys I definitely think that um, you know Ryan Poles put you in a spot like you guys want this pick then here's what I have to have or at least that's what's come yep. out as what went down it's like you know the picks are great but I got to have this guy you know, DJ Moore, he's got to be the one. And the Panthers didn't want to let him go. They put that out there as well. It was very yeah. reluctant. I heard yeah. the GM was emotional when he called DJ to let him know uh, that the trade had gone down yeah. uh, and everything. But it, it, it was the necessary thing to make this to make this move. Was Bryce your guy or were you a C.J. Stroud kind of guy? Or, you know, where were you yeah. on, on the fence with that? Yeah, it's interesting. So I was a C.J. Stroud guy all the way up until about, 
maybe about a month before. I think once the pro day started happening, uh, happening, I, I was like, man, this this kid is really good. I cut on the film, and I'm like, man, Bryce, you know, if, if he was three inches taller, it would be no question that he would be the number one overall guy. There would be no debate. Yes. And so when you strip that, and he he is he really has what it takes. And you look at the size. Everybody wants to talk about how short he is, but it literally has never stopped him from accomplishing anything any level of football he's ever played. And I don't think that's going to be the case here. I think he's going to be successful. I think he got paired with the perfect coaching staff. And I think that's what people tend to overlook when you look at the Carolina Panthers. Is we, we, don't, we had a bum for a coach last year. And we were still, with Steve Wilkes taking over, we were, before you hit the record button, we were just talking about how we were a game, a game away from making the playoffs. So this right. team isn't terrible. Like we, we, we have a decent core, a solid defense. And a, a, a decent, uh, I would say more than decent offensive line. We've got some weapons now, and we've got Miles, brought in Miles Sanders, Adam Thielen, some guys that can support, you know, a Bryce Young. And I think it's a perfect marriage. I think we're going to shock some people year one. I think we're going to be a lot better than what people think. You know, you look at that coaching staff, Frank Wright, Jim Caldwell, all these guys are going to help Bryce Young be successful. And he's already got I me. Mean, I mean, this guy is so smart. I mean, it came out, I think, a couple of weeks ago where he actually found a mistake in the playbook. Like, this is the kind of cerebral assassin you're dealing with from a quarterback position. I think he's going to really shock some people, even with the size. Even with being short, I think he's going to, you know, dominate some guys. So it's going to be really exciting. I'm excited to see Bryce. Yeah, because that was, the like, the knock on on Bryce Young was his size. Because nobody ever questioned if he could play the game or if he was smart enough to get it done, if there were any issues about him absorbing the playbook or, or – or anything like that. It's like, you know, he's, you know, just to exaggerate, he's five foot nothing. He's a hundred and nothing. How is he going to survive in the NFL uh, if they have to block for him or if they can't block for him or, or, or whatever the case uh, may be? He's like, nobody questioned that he would ever be able to throw the ball or his arm strength or his accuracy or anything like that. It was like, will his body hold up the in the rigors yeah. of the of the NFL? So, um, and you he, know. He, He's putting on weight. He's putting on weight too. I think you can tell. I've been out. I've seen him. Uh, but we had a PSL owner practice that was open to the public, well, open to PSL owners, and he's putting on weight. You can tell it's going to take some time. Obviously, he's not going to hit two fifteen like Tua did. It's going to take a couple years for him to get to that point. But he, I think he's going to be fine. I think he's smart enough. That's the thing. He's smart enough to not get hit. He's taking some hits in college, and he he always popped right back up. So let's let's not pretend like this guy is, is some frail piece of glass that can't take hits because he's done he's played in the NFC. I mean he can he can take some hits I know NFL is different level obviously but again as stated it's never stopped him at any level of football that he's played whether it be high school the number one guy whether it's college Heisman Trophy winner in the SEC he's he's, he's succeeded everywhere and so I don't think that's going to stop here uh with Carolina and I, I'm excited to see him and I, like I said I think this coaching staff is going to be able to coach him up and I think he has the brains to get it done here at Carolina. So let's talk about the, 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 you know, how we got to this uh, particular uh, coaching staff. So, so Matt Rule comes in. Was 2020 uh, his first season? You can end it there. Matt Rule sucks. It was, <laughs> he, he, was, he got fired on his second year, uh, two and a half years into his contract. Yeah. You know, our, our ownership gave him a, a seven-year deal, college guy, never seen a, a, a snap in the NFL, never coached the NFL, and uh, it was a terrible mistake. And, now what has happened, we've done a complete 180 uh, on that. We've got, like, I would argue that we have one of the best coaching staff uh, in the league right now. I mean, you look at Frank Wright, Jim Caldwell, you know, Deuce Staley, 
uh, Sean Jefferson, wide receivers coach. I mean, we've got some really good talent uh, at, at the coaching. I mean, can we put it together on the field? Well, that remains to be seen. But uh, I think we got it right from the coaching staff. So I, I'm really excited. I think Frank Rice, who was our, happened to be our first quarterback in franchise history, right. uh, they brought in Dom K. Uh, Israel Evero, uh, defensive coordinator. I mean, Dom Caper coming along. Like, this this coaching staff is legit. Uh, and so I, I really hope it translates. I hope they have what they need uh, to execute what they want to execute uh, from the X's O standpoint. But we'll see, man. We'll see. I'm excited. I'm really excited about the coaching staff. And I don't know if you can tell, but I'm really excited about what we have here from a coaching staff standpoint. You sound excited about the team in general, quite frankly. I mean, you, you – um... Most people in your spots, you know, technically, it, and it's crazy. We'll talk about it here as we go through what 2022 uh, was like for you. But it's like you guys finished 7-10, and 10, same as New Orleans and Atlanta, but by way of some tiebreakers or whatever, you end up being the fourth-place team, uh, which puts you in the, in, the, in the position to make a trade with the Bears, giving the number nine uh, draft spot uh, and everything. So there you go uh, for that and and – uh, and and have and whatnot, but it's just you know the season itself. You you go into it with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold, but Sam Darnold is still recovering from was it from the previous year, like an injury from the year before? Yeah, he he came in a little banged up, uh, but he was he was ready to go by by training camp. I mean, I I was out there during training camp, and Matt Rule, he you know it's, it's this guy is so terrible. I mean he. He came in and developed this this pseudo quarterback competition where he Sam Donald versus Baker Mayfield versus Matt Corral versus PJ Walker and none of them really got the snaps they needed. Uh, so everybody was pretty much set up to, to fail. I mean nobody nobody was was where they needed to be because they just didn't get the reps. You know he had all these new guys around and nobody got reps with the ones. It was swapping out guys. It was just a piss poor um, you know, way to handle it. And, uh, you know, luckily coming into this season, you know, we've already named Bryce Young as QB1. Right. So we, we rectified that, playing around with it. We've got grown-ups in the building now and guys that know what they're doing. And that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm excited. I mean, I, I think that, you know, we, we, we're done recycling guys. Baker Mayfield's not the guy. We're going to see him in in, uh, in Tampa. He, he, I don't think he, he's going to be that perennial backup from here on. I don't think he, he, he can't recover. He can't recover. Baker's not it. Uh, Sam Donald's not it. I think he could be successful in San Francisco due to that staff and that system over there. I think Shanahan can make anybody look good. Uh, but I, I think, you know, he's going to do well over there. Uh, but, yeah, I just think I, – I don't – man, listen, I'm, I'm glad I, – I don't really want to talk about the past, to be honest with you. It was so bad. Um, and if you can tell, like, as soon as, as, soon as you know, um, Matt Rule was fired and let go, Steve Wilf took that same roster, and we were on a – we almost pushed into the playoffs. We were on, like, a – I think five, six game winning streak, and we we were putting W's together, mm-hmm. and all it took was an adult to come into the room and say, "Hey, this this is how we're going to lead. This uh, uh, we're not going to do this college BS where we're going to rah rah and try to do this these these college tactics to make the team better. No, we're going to coach these men because that's what they are, and that's what Steve Wilkes did, and uh, that's why we're excited coming into 2023 and 2024 is because now we have an even better coaching staff. That we thought we had a uh, a solid core in general. We talk about Brian Burns, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown. These guys are like players. These guys are balling. And now we got a, a a really good head coach, a, a head coach, and a coaching staff. It's the, the sky's the limit to what we can be. I don't think we're we're a legit seven and ten team. We're we're better than that. And I think that the coaching staff is going to prove that. So yeah. I, that, that's why I'm excited. 
Well, six of your seven wins came after Rule was let go, and the the, the straw that broke the camel's back being the thirty-seven to fifteen decimation at home at the hands of the Forty ers where it basically looked like the Panthers just never got off the bus that day because thirty-seven to fifteen is you know putting it lightly as far as how the game itself went. The the score does not tell the story of how that game was going. I think that you know the Panthers added some some late scores at the end, but it's like the 49ers just ran rough shot over, over Carolina in their own building. And it, you know, resulted in, in, in rule getting, uh, you know, fired. Cause the first four games, you, you, you won week three against the saints. You, you, you've come up short against the Browns, come up short against the giants. And then the, the 10 point loss to Arizona, and then just absolutely run out of the building, uh, you know, by the, by the 49ers, Steve Wilkes comes in week six, you lose that game to the Rams. But after that, you went like six and five the rest of the way. It's like you started one and five, and then you went six and five the rest of the way to finish that seven and ten. And like we were talking about before we started recording, at one point it looked like Carolina might be the team to win the division because they were coming on late, getting some getting some wins uh, late in the season. And um, you know, Steve Wilkes probably should have been a candidate for coach of the year from what he started with to how the team yeah. uh, ended up. And unfortunately, his reward for that is to no longer be head coach of the uh, Carolina Panthers. Where, where did you come down on that? Yeah, I, I think Wilkes did a great job uh, with what he was given. Like, he didn't pick any of those guys. Uh, he came in uh, on Matt Rule's uh, staff as a secondary coach, mm-hmm. right? So he wasn't he wasn't the guy. He wasn't pegged to be the guy. He wasn't defensive coordinator or anything like that. He was a secondary coach. Uh, and so he comes in and he takes this roster and, you know, we started running the football. We, we had an identity. Right, Deontay Foreman, who came in, was our running back one, and he almost had a thousand yard season after after Christian McCaffrey was traded after uh, in week six. Right, so playing, you know, subtract those six games, he almost put up a thousand yards um, just with those I think ten weeks or whatever. And so it was great to see us actually run the football and, and have an identity. And Steve Wilkes brought that. Now I will say with Steve Wilkes, if he would have sealed the deal against Tampa Bay. Like we were saying earlier before we hit the record button, mm-hmm. we had Tampa Bay on the the division on the line. We were up, I think, 21 to something at halftime. And we were, we had, a, a, if we would have applied our foot to the throat of the Tampa Bay Bucks, we he we would have won the division and he would have been the head coach right now. Blowing that game, I think, was the straw that broke the camel's back uh, with, still, with, with Steve Wilson becoming the head coach of the Carolina Panthers. He had it. He blew it. And um, I think from that point on, we looked to get better. And I think Steve will probably land it in the best position we could land going to the San Francisco 49ers, being their defensive coordinator. Because, because guess what? Every defensive coordinator that becomes, uh, that goes to the San Francisco 49ers ends up becoming a head coach very soon after that. So um, I think he landed in a great spot. And I mean, kudos to Wilkes. He's a really good coach. I do think we got Frank Wright, who's a better coach mm-hmm. than Steve Wilkes. So I'm happy with where, where both parties landed at the end of the day. I'm happy for Wilkes, and I'm happy that Carolina Panthers landed, uh, landed right. Yeah, he kind of got a raw deal in Arizona. He only got one year. They they blew the pick on on Josh Rosen, and and you know so they let him go before you know after one one three and thirteen uh, season, and you know so that just on the face of that, people thought it was like a mistake for Carolina to take Wilkes or to put him in place after how badly he managed things, or at least that was the public perception uh, or whatever. And he actually turned Carolina from a, a, a pending disaster team that was well on its way to earning the number one pick on its own, 
you know, to being a team that almost won uh, the the division uh, last year, and and the fact that he wasn't given another opportunity in Carolina, uh, you know, rubbed some people the wrong way. But like you said, he landed in a great spot. He's the DC in San Francisco now, and their last what two or three uh, defensive defensive coordinators are head coaches uh, in the league now with with Sala in New York and uh, D'Amico Ryan's taking over in uh, in Houston. So. Uh, you know, it very well could be that, uh, you know, he, he uses the, the, the monsters that he has on that defense to earn himself another uh, another bite at the head coaching apple. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think he landed in the great spot. So kudos to Wilkes. Uh, thankful for what he did here. And he's, he's a Carolina guy, right? He's from here. Uh, he's been around for a long time. So we, we love Wilkes. But at the end of the day, it's about getting his team to, uh, to, to be in the best that they can be. And I think that Frank Wack is going to take us there. So after Carolina makes the trade uh, with the Bears, you got the number one pick. You're in control uh, of the draft. Uh, you guys got really busy during the offseason as far as free agency uh, goes. Yeah. It added some really big names uh, to the team as well. Adam Thielen, the, his tenure in Minnesota is over. You guys pick him up. Uh, Miles Sanders coming off of a Super Bowl appearance with the Eagles takes over for uh, Deontay Foreman, who's now in Chicago uh, with us. Uh, Von Bell coming from Cincinnati, Hayden Hurst coming in the tight end from uh, from from Cincinnati uh, as well. Um, who else? You resigned Eddie Pinero. That's the one that kind of confused me. I, you know, how how are you feeling about bringing Eddie back? Because I just hey, uh, you know, hey, I don't know. Yeah, no, I know you guys had some you know some some rough seasons with him, but Pinero was here was pretty solid. I mean he he was um, I think he had a rough start. Uh, I think he missed maybe one. I think he missed a. Uh, I, I don't remember what game it was, but he missed one. It was Atlanta. Um, but then after that, yeah, it was Atlanta. Right, correct. Yeah, the Atlanta game, correct. The Atlanta game where we, you know, that game was bananas. That game was flat was out bananas. bananas. By the way, that that yeah, that whole ending sequence there was just so crazy. Yeah, it was. But after that, after that game, he was money. Like he he was great. Um, and we had Zangas out prior to that. Who he he had an injury. Um, and then we released him. And then we reached out to that. So I, I'm I'm okay with it. You know, sometimes okay. these kickers are head cases. The, the kickers are head cases, man. Um, we had Graham Gano for a while around here, and it, it just didn't work out. He was looking for some money, and we we kind of played the kicker roulette, bringing in guys. And you know, Pinero, listen, after that. Like I said, after that Falcons game, he was solid, and so I, I, I'm not mad at that at all. I'm not mad at him, um, and we'll see. We'll see how it turns out. But I, listen, I'm not the biggest kicker fan. Like I, I want to <laughs> go for it, unfortunately, wherever possible. So I don't want to see the kicker come out there on the field. So sure. as long as he's putting it for speed where he has to he doesn't have to kick 60 yards, yeah. I, I'm cool with it. I mean, any other time, just reduce your risk. Go for it on fourth down. Uh, when applicable, right? When you can, when it's safe. But outside of that. Man, I don't, I don't care who's back there kicking. To be honest with you, yeah, I don't have any hate towards uh, Eddie Pinero, and 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 truthfully, I only got a chance to watch a few uh, Panther games uh, last year, and it just so happened the the last of the fourth quarter in that Carolina uh, that Atlanta game was one of them, and it was like literally like the game I was watching, the Bears getting just murdered by the Cowboys ended up you know before the Carolina Atlanta game, so I come in just in time for P.J. Walker to throw that moonshot to D.J. Moore in the end zone where D.J. ties the game and then also gets penalized for throwing his helmet 
or whatever, which put Panero in a bad spot for the extra point. Because what was a 33-yard right. field goal now becomes a 48-yard field goal attempt to make an extra point, and he misses that. He misses the other field goal in overtime, which which let uh, Atlanta come yeah. in and swoop in and, and take the 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 win in that one. That's the only real. That's the only game I got to watch. You know, finish uh, and whatnot. So I didn't know how Pinero had done outside uh, of that. So, yeah, he, he yeah finished strong after that. Uh, after the Falcons game, which you know both of those field goals that he attempted were makeable. Uh, so you know he, he should have made both field goals. But right. at the end of the day. Finished strong. He finished the season strong. There were no more misses like that, you know, with the game on the line. Uh, I think he finished strong. So I, I have no problem with Pinero. Uh, and again, I think as long as you are uh, not putting him at risk, kick, kicking 50 yarders and stuff like that, I mean, obviously you may need him to attempt one every now and then, but, you know, I think your offense should be uh, limiting risk there. So it, it is what it is. I think he's solid. And like I said, I'm not going to lose sleep over kicking. So yeah, it is what it is. Well, his highest moment in Chicago was an early one in 2019. We went out to Denver, played the Broncos, and, you know, literally got down to the final second. We we got a – we completed a pass to Allen Robinson with one second to go. And with that one second, he hit something like a 53-yarder or something like that at the buzzer to win the game. Uh, for us so uh you know there were just some other kicks that he missed that I think actually it was more on Nagy putting him in a bad spot than it was about Pinero uh missing the kicks because Nagy turned out to be a disaster uh for us so uh yeah so mixed feelings about Eddie Pinero but uh you know he's among the guys that you brought in you, uh DJ Chark also coming in with Adam feeling you know Miles Sanders is like you know what the, just based on the guys they brought in you know, I think Carolina's going to be okay uh, on offense. Like, yeah, they're going to miss DJ Moore, but they brought in Adam Thielen. They brought in DJ Chark. They have Hayden Hurst, one of the better tight ends uh, in football. Von Bell comes in on, on you know, on defense uh, and everything. I'd never heard of Shy Tuttle before, but apparently he's a starting defensive tackle for you guys now uh, as well. You re-sign yeah. Cam Irving. You bring in, you bring back Bradley Bozeman. So, it's like you, you guys seem to be solid on the offensive side for sure, setting up well for uh, Bryce Young. Probably a better spot than most rookie quarterbacks would be coming in. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's, that's what – and you hit the nail right on the head right there. I think that's what separates us from, you know, a, a typical team picking number one overall, right? We traded up to get it, first of all. And I don't think we're as bad as people think we may be uh, on, on, on the surface. I think, you know, and we also drafted uh, John Domingo as well, who, who's going to, you know, get some reps uh, on, on the offensive side of uh, side of the ball as well. Um, I think I'm excited to see him, uh, you know, develop. I don't think he'll, you know, be a, a banger in year one, but I think year two, year three, he's going to be very, very solid. Um, so I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to see Miles Sanders. I think Miles Sanders can be in every down, uh, three down back. I think that he was misused in Philadelphia. Um, they put a lot on Hurts and put it on Hurts, and, and rightfully so, Hurts was the guy. Um, but I think, you know, Sanders getting back, going back to his rookie year, uh, can put up uh, Christian McCaffrey-esque numbers that we've seen around here for a long time, uh, albeit coming with W. Because when we had Christian McCaffrey, we didn't have a quarterback. We put a lot on him. And although he had great stats, it did not come with victory. Um, I think Miles Sanders, on the other hand, with the way the team is set up, with the coaching staff, I think he'll put up good numbers. Uh, I think he'll be able to get back to some of his receiving threat days, uh, catching the football at the backfield. That's going to be exciting to see. Uh, Thielen, I don't think, you know, Thielen is great. I think it's a great addition. Uh, but Thielen, he's getting up there, 32 years old. I don't expect him to be, um, you know, what he used to be. Uh, I think he's going to play a lot in the slot, uh, do some damage in the red zone. 
But I, I want to see, I think the linchpin to this offense could be DJ Chark. If he stays healthy, uh, he could be problematic. I mean, I know he had 1,000-yard season with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, since then, he hasn't really stayed healthy. Uh, if he could stay healthy, I know if if, if, if was a fifth, he'd all be drunk. Uh, but uh, he's got to stay healthy, and I think he can do some damage. Um, yeah, I, I, another guy to keep an eye on from the offensive side of football is going to be Terrence Marshall. Terrence Marshall, again, played and was drafted under Matt Rule. Uh, that guy is not a, a good head coach. So anything, any coaching um, that was, or any players that were drafted under his, his eye, uh, should be given a clean slate. And I think Terrence Marshall is a guy that he kind of came out of, he kind of came out of shell a little bit when Matt Rule was gone. Uh, and under Wilkes, he put up some numbers. So I'm excited to see him. Maybe he could step into wide receiver one. Uh, but it's definitely going to be wide receiver by committee. Uh, again, I don't think we have a guy as good as DJ Moore on the roster. We're going to miss him for sure. But I think they'll get it done on, on the offensive side of football. So we've already talked about Bryce Young. You just mentioned Jonathan Mingo. He was your second uh, second round pick. Uh, third rounder, you bring in DJ Johnson, the defensive end from Oregon. Chandler Zavala, the guard out of North Carolina State. And then the fifth round pick was your last one, uh, Jamie Robinson from uh, Florida State, a safety uh, coming in uh, as well. So, I mean, you, you guys still were able to put a decent, uh, a very small class, uh, but a decent uh, class considering the quality and the the players, especially your top two picks in, in Young and, and uh, Mingo. Mingo was, was rumored to be a first round, a late first rounder uh, in mock drafts yeah. and thing. And you guys land him in the, in the top 10 of the, uh, of the second round. So it was a, a, a nice uh, value pick for you guys as well. Yeah, I think that the, the draft was really good. Uh, again, like you said, not a lot of quantity. Because, uh, you know, we traded away a lot of picks with Sam Donald trade and all that stuff. Uh, and then trading to get um, the number one overall pick. So there was a lot of picks missing, mm-hmm. uh, which is okay. Not, not a terrible thing, but I do like the class that we landed. You know, Chandler Zavala, I think, is going to be a solid depth piece. Uh, you know, we're trying to build that offensive line, the physicality of the offensive line. We had two guards, two of our starting guards, well, both starting guards, excuse me, uh, went down late in the season. So they're recovering from injuries. Uh, you know, Freddie Christensen's a little bit faster than, than Austin Corbett. So we're looking to kind of solidify the offensive line depth. I love the pick for Zavala. Played with Kim Kwanu at NC State, so they have some chemistry there. Uh, that was a really good pickup. DJ Johnson was a bit of a head scratcher for me. Um, I, he's an older gentleman, uh, and I don't know that he. Uh, in this one, I'm just going to have to trust the coaching staff. You know, we got a coaching staff that knows what they're doing. Dom Capers, Ezro Ivaro, and the, I, I got to trust him. That's a bit of a head scratcher. I just don't know that he's uh, he's more of a run stopping edge. Um, I, I don't know. You know, we need somebody opposite of Brian Burns that can be, uh, that can help him out from a passive standpoint. I don't think DJ Johnson is that, um, but we'll see how he develops. But the most exciting pick to me, um, outside of those guys is Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson, um, this guy, I mean, he is a ball. Safety from Florida State, uh, block safety guy, physical, extremely physical, played all, all over the uh, defense of Florida State. I'm excited to see him. Uh, I can't wait to see how he fits. I do, do think he's going to contribute to special teams early, uh, but, you know, something goes just, Something goes wrong with injuries. I think he could be a solid depth piece and eventually grab a starting role, maybe year two, year three. But I'm excited for uh, for for James Robinson for sure. Speaking of safeties, what happened with Jeremy Chin? I mean, this is a guy that was you know <laughs> local for us in the in the Illinois area, being the the Southern Illinois uh, you know draftee and everything. Had an awesome rookie campaign, but I look now and he's not even he's not top on the the depth charts right now. He's a he's a backup free safety. Uh, on the depth chart that I'm looking at on ESPN right now. 
Yeah, so Jeremy Chin is, is a very interesting conundrum, right? Jeremy Chin, as you stated, had an extremely – I mean, he was in the conversation, in my opinion, for rookie of the year's rookie. I mean, he had, what, two touchdowns in the Vikings game, two fumble recoveries for return. Uh, man, he was so good, and that's because they moved him all over the place, right? He was that chess piece. Uh, he played the box. He played free. He played strong. He was all over the place. Then year two, they decided, oh, we got to stick him with safety. Um, so he didn't play in the box as much, and he, he kind of played out of position, and he dealt with some injuries as well. So that was a bit of it. Um, he kind of disappeared a little bit. But mm. um, I think we're going to be looking for his resurgence this year. I think he has to come out, uh, and it's like a big secret. Like, they don't really want to talk about Jeremy Ken and how they're going to use him. Uh, every time they ask about Jeremy Ken, it's going to be, you got to wait and see, you got to wait and see. So I think there's a, a little bit of mystery surrounding how they're going to use him. I don't think it's much of a mystery. I think he's going to play in the box a little bit more, big nickel. Uh, I think that's where he's going to, um, where he's going to be successful. Um, I think he can play all over the field. I think he's going to move around, move around and try to play chess on defense. Um, and I think you'll see a resurgence from him. I think you, you really will. And I think Panther Nation is itching for that. Uh, we want to see him. We like him. We like him as a player. We, we want to see him re- return back to that rookie, uh, that rookie form. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I don't have much because nobody's been talking about it. They want to keep the secret. Yeah, it was one of those things where, where Bears fans were a bit disappointed because he's somewhat of a local guy. He went to Southern uh, Illinois. I think he was a second-round pick. Uh, for you yep. guys, and, and a year that we we needed another safety. You know, we needed somebody to pair with Eddie Jackson uh, and everything. He was there when we picked, and we went for, I think it was either Jalen Johnson or Cole Komet. Was it 2020 or 2021 that he came in? It was 2020, wasn't uh, 2020. it? 2020. Yeah, 2020. Yeah, yeah. I believe 2020. So it was like in a year we really could have used the safety, and, he, you know, we didn't have a first-rounder in 2020. Um, you know, we had the two second rounders, so it was like one of them we thought should be a safety, maybe Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Chin or, or whoever the <clears throat> the hot DBs were at the time. Instead, we got Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson, two picks that worked out for us. But at the time, it's like you know he gets drafted by someone else is you know basically on a trajectory to be the next Buda Baker, and then he just kind of disappeared, uh, like you said, whether it be you know mismanagement from Rule and his staff or the injuries or. or or whatnot, whatnot, and but it's like I was looking at the depth chart. And I was like, Jeremy Chin, whatever happened to that guy? Look, he's not even starting anymore. What's up with that? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah he'll, was, he'll, he'll be. He'll be. He'll be. He'll be moved around a lot. Uh, he's going to be, you know, positionless, uh, so to speak. So I, I think he'll be. He's, he's going to return back his his, uh, his rookie year form. I think he's going to be great. Uh, and I'm excited to see. It. There's just a lot of mystery around where he's going to play, which is probably why. They have him on that on uh, where they where they have him at on the depth chart. We don't know where he's going to play, um, and he's going to be a chess piece. But we're excited for him. We'll see. Uh, he's got to he's got to come back uh, to that form, and uh, I think he will do that. All right. So let's look ahead to the schedule as we start to wrap things up a little bit uh, here. Start on the road at the Falcons, and then Monday night at home uh, versus the Saints at Seattle home for the Vikings, and then two more road games at Detroit, at Miami before uh, week seven uh, bye uh, for the Panthers. So not the scariest schedule uh, in the world, you know. Um, could help you guys get off to a good start because um, as, as much as the Lions are trending up, everyone seems to forget that they're still the Lions. And, you know, <laughs> and just to kind of put it in perspective so people don't think I'm dumping – on the Lions, I very much think the Lions are like the Bears in, in the fact that 
just not historically we don't string successful seasons together. You know, this is where, I mean, I know that's what the Lions are trying to do and that's what they're trending up to do, but history would say after you have a good year, you're due for at least one or two bad ones before you trend up uh, again. So for the Lions, it's more of a wait-and-see thing. Like, I think they can. They're the favorite probably in the division now, especially with Rodgers gone, but, you know, I'm going to have to wait and see. They're going to have to prove it to me before I start believing that the Lions can do it on a year-to-year basis versus, hey, they really put it together this year, but then the two years after that, they were back to being the Lions again. Yeah, the, the Lions are interesting. Um, we, we put records on them uh, last year uh, from a rushing standpoint. We, we straight dominated them when they came to Carolina uh, last year, freezing cold, and uh, I think it was Christmas Eve, matter of fact. Um, and we put up, I think, what, four or 500 yards rushing on the ground against them. So it was, it was crazy, crazy game. Um, and I think uh, they're going to be looking for the get-back. So I don't I don't know that that game will be as simple as we think, especially some of those guys remember that game because um, it was pretty it was pretty nasty. Uh, we straight destroyed them. Uh, but, yeah, I think going back to our schedule, it, I think it's a, 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 we, I think we caught a rough break opening up uh, with two division games. I think that's going to be tough, you know, going on the road to, to Atlanta. Atlanta's improving. Uh, Atlanta's going to be better than what most people think they are. Uh, and then against the Saints, uh, coming, uh, they're, they're coming to Bank, Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. And uh, that's going to be an interesting Monday night game. We don't. We typically don't play too many primetime games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce, you know, first home game, that, that game's going to be pretty nuts. Uh, I do expect us to at least split those two. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, I, the schedule is, is, is not bad. I think it, it, it's manageable. Uh, hopefully, you know, before getting to that bye, I think if we can, you know, split those and come up, you know, four and three or whatever, uh, or, you know, three and three, I'd, I'd be happy with that. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, because after the after the back to back division games, you get to go across the country quite literally from one from one coast yeah. to the next to take on the Seahawks. And no matter how good or bad the Seahawks uh, are, it's a tough win out there uh, in Seattle. And then you have the Vikings back at home before the Lions, and then the Dolphins. And the thing that sucks about that Dolphins game may not be a problem uh, for you guys because in October it is still the seventh circle of hell in Miami. Uh, but, uh, you know, it's like you guys being on that coast, being, you know, a Southern, uh, team, you know, maybe that won't affect you, uh, as much, but, um, you know, we, we watched Buffalo go out there in September when they had the two most dominant performances to start the year, just get, you know, wrecked because they got guys cramping and running off the field. Cause they went out the, to Miami week three. Yeah, no, we, we, we deal with, uh, the humidity around here too. So it's, it's, it's a different level down there. Uh, but yeah, it, I think we'd be able to deal with it a little bit better than most teams because we're, we're down here as well. So it's, it's not too bad, too bad for us. Yeah, I've only well, been. To I, f- I'm more scared. Go ahead. Go ahead. I uh, I've only Go been ahead. to Florida one time. Uh, I went in uh, 2001 when uh, I was still in college, Western Illinois. We went to uh, Tampa to play uh, the University of South Florida at Raymond James Stadium. Beautiful stadium uh, and everything, and. Uh, this was late November, and it was 85 and humid. It felt like the middle of summer down there. I was like, why yeah. do people retire here? This is where people want to live out the rest of their days. Like, to hell with this, man. I couldn't get on the bus back to the back to Illinois fast enough. I was like, I, no, no thank you. If it's like this in November, no thanks. No thank you. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad around here, man. The humidity, uh, especially even in the Carolinas, it's, it's pretty tough. But the closer you get to that water, Obviously, it's going to be even worse. So, 
Yeah, right. we're gonna have to deal with it too. But yeah, I'm more so scared of the speed and all the Tyree kills and the Jalen Rams. They got a talented roster down there. That's oh, yeah. gonna be a tough, 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 tough matchup uh, for the Carolina Panthers. So uh, we'll see how that one goes. So I, I got I got low expectations for that game. They're, they're, that's a tough out. So after that tough out in in Miami, you got the Week Seven bye. Then then the NFL hooks you up three out of four games at home. Uh, home for the Texans, home for the Colts. Then our matchup, week number 10, is a Thursday night game uh, at, in Chicago. So the Bears and, and Panthers will meet up on on Thursday night, which will be our second Thursday night matchup of the season because we have wow. uh, week five against the, I was going to say Redskins, Commanders uh, week five, which I don't know if you watched that game last year, but um, – why the NFL would want to do that again? I have no idea. I mean, I, Washington fell; yeah. they were the they were the fourth place finisher in the East, so we were going to play them regardless. But why the NFL would want to run back one of the worst Thursday night games I have ever seen on Thursday night again? Uh, you you got me. I have no idea. But week five, they're going to do that again, and then we got you guys week ten before you come back home to take on the. Uh, the Cowboys. So that's that's the four game stretch when you come back. Three out of four at home and you won road game as a yeah. Thursday nighter uh against the uh against the Bears. So Yeah, I think that, that Thursday night is obviously something that's gonna be circled. Uh you know, we we didn't we got this thing around here in Carolina called uh, Blood and Gut, right? And it was coined by it was coined by a Steve Smith scene. Uh, when he left and uh, when we cut him and uh, he went to Baltimore and he played against us and absolutely destroyed us. Uh, so we call every game where a former player is coming, going against the Carolina Panthers, we call them blood and guts games. Mm. So we know uh, that DJ Moore is going to be hyped up and ready to go. Uh, hope you know, hopefully JC Horn is around and be able to you know contain that. But uh, but yeah, it's going to be a great game. I think you know both teams are talented, uh, and we'll see. I think we'll see our our trade officially play out on the field uh, for all intents and purposes. And I think it's going to be a great game. I think you know us going on the road. Prime time, it's going to be awesome. I can't, I cannot wait for that game. It's going to be great. Yeah. So after the Cowboy game, week number eleven, three straight road games at Tennessee, at Tampa Bay, at New Orleans. So you got three road games, and the NFL hooked you up once again with two with back to back division games there with Tampa and New Orleans. Uh, you know, I don't think you worry too much about the the Baker Mayfield and or Kyle Trask uh, Buccaneers too much, but. Uh, you know, New Orleans is a tough out in New Orleans, no matter how they're uh, playing, and that's the third of those three uh, road games. Not not a lot of uh, the NFL doing you no favors there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're that that the good news is that we don't have to travel very far. Like right. all those road yeah. games, are, you know, in the proximity to uh, the the to, to Carolina. So I think we travel like the less the least amount of all. Uh, NFL team, so you know I'm okay with that. It's not the, the travel's not going to be too crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Tennessee, that, I'm not too too worried about Tennessee. Uh, like you said, the, the Saints, that's always going to be a tough out. They're they're you know the, their division. They're you know they got Derek Carr. Uh, they're they're going to be okay. I'm not. That's going to be a tough matchup uh, to be honest. And then the Bucks, obviously, you know, depending on their quarterback situation, you know. They're going to go as that quarterback situation goes, so I'm not too worried about that. But you know, always playing on the road. We'll, we'll see how the team plays. I think we'll be all right. I think we'll be all right. Yeah, and then if the the final four games, you're you have Atlanta week 15, home for the a week. They're at home. Atlanta's at home. Hope for home for the Packers, 
which um, that'll be a team everybody's keeping an eye on uh, this year at Jacksonville for week 17 and then home for the uh, the Buccaneers uh, to wrap things up. So uh, three out of four to finish at home after that three-game uh, road stand. Uh, at least the NFL got you back for sending you on the road, you know, three weeks in a row by keeping you basically yeah. at home for pretty much the, almost the month, entire month of December there at the end. So, Yeah, I think Jacksonville's going to be tough. Uh, Jacksonville's tough out. Uh, they're going to be ready to go this year. Uh, but yeah, I, I think we're, the schedule is the schedule. We don't have the, the toughest schedule in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's all going to be contingent on how Bryce develops, how the defense and health, right? It, it goes, that obviously goes, uh, we don't have to mention that, but you know, we've got a lot of guys that are, are perennially banged up. Mm-hmm. Um, and hopefully they can remain healthy throughout the entire season. Uh, but it, I'm excited to see Bryce and I think we're going to be okay. Uh, my goal or my, my prediction for the Panthers from a season standpoint, and listen, if we can just if we can go like nine and eight, I, I would consider that a success for Bryce Young's rookie season. Um, I'm not look. We don't have to go. You know, we don't have to go eleven and six. We don't have to go. It doesn't have to be a playoff uh, year for us. Um, from my expectations, I think a lot of Carolina Panthers fans do think that way. Uh, but you know, listen, Bryce at the end of the day is still going to be a rookie. And he's going to have to develop. And I think I'm going to give him some grace on that. Um, you know, year two, year three is when we start to, uh, you know, increase expectations. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. A lot of unknown with the Carolina Panthers. We don't know what the team's going to look like. Team is different. Uh, so it's hard to predict where we're going to be and where we're going to finish. But I'm excited about the potential for the Carolina Panthers. Well, it's a lot of new, you know, for you guys. You have the new head coach. You have the, the new quarterback. You, you, you know, were quite busy in free agency, bringing in all these new pieces. So it's like how they're going to – on paper, you guys look fantastic. On paper, uh, you know, the fact that, uh, uh, you know, the Bears were like, hey, you know, or Bear fans were like, hey, we got an extra first-rounder next year, and, and Carolina, you know, wasn't that good last year, which wasn't exactly true. But, you know, it was like, hey, we might have another top-five pick next year. And then it's like Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, Hayden Hurst. I was like, I don't know about this. Yeah. You know, I don't know. We might have a we have another mid rounder or something like that uh, when it's all uh, said and done. It's like Carolina's not a bad football team. On they weren't bad before the trade, and they're certainly not bad after it. We, yeah, we had bad coaching. There's a difference. We have good talent. We had bad coaching, mm-hmm. right? And I think, like you're saying, I don't think that pick is going to be a top five pick at all. I mean, you can kind of take that and flush it down the toilet. Any Bears <laughs> fans listening to this, y'all are not getting a, a top five pick. Y'all are maybe get a top 15 pick, uh-huh. um, you know, and that's still a good pick. I mean, you can take those and package them up and do what you need to do with it. But, um, yeah, I, I don't – yeah, top five is not happening, though. You can that, – that's a pipe thing. Yeah, if, if we're if we're picking in the top five with, with your pick, something went horribly, horribly wrong uh, in, in right. Carolina. Like, the wheels just came off at, at one point uh, if, if we're Agreed. picking in the top five because of, uh, you know, because of this deal. Uh, with the Panthers, so we'll 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 uh, we'll wait and see uh, on that one. But it's just like when I it's just like Adam Thielen, Miles Sanders, Von Bell, Hayden Hurst. Like, yeah, we we might not be picking in the top five uh, next year. Everybody should just calm down uh, on that. It's like, and all due respect, they're playing in the NFC South, uh, one of the weaker divisions yeah. in the league uh, last year. Now, obviously, we're looking at looking at that through the twenty twenty two lens where everybody in the division including the division champion had a losing 
record and things can change so drastic. I mean, look at the NFC East. Last, you know, going into the NFC, going into 2022, it was like this is the most garbage defense or garbage division in football. And at one point, all four teams were set to make the playoffs last year, even Washington. And three of them did. The, you know, the, the, the Giants, the Cowboys, and the Eagles all made the playoffs last year. A year after, it was just they were the NFC South, quite frankly. So it was just, it was crazy. You know, from year to year, things changed so quickly. Uh, in the NFL, a coaching change here, a free agent here, a draft sign, a draft pick there, and you're on a completely different trajectory than you were the year before. Agreed. Yeah, I agree. I think the division is going to be better, uh, much better than what we were. Not saying we're going to be the best division in the league. Obviously, that's not going to be the case, but uh, we will be improved, and I don't think the entire division is going to have a losing record this year. So right. that's just my opinion, but yeah, we'll see. Yeah, so it's going to be uh, interesting, and obviously with our ties uh, to uh, one another, because it's it's going to be until 2025 before you guys are done paying uh, for this trade uh, with the with the second round pick and 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 whatnot. So obviously, Bear fans are going to be keeping an eye on what Carolina's doing because it will affect where we're picking or where we're getting that extra pick uh, from. So we're definitely going to be keeping an eye on you, let alone the fact we actually play you guys. Uh, this year but uh, you know Rashad thanks so much uh, for coming on uh, taking the time to uh, to hang out with us and uh, we look forward to having you back to preview that week 10 uh, matchup the Justin Fields versus Bryce Young matchup that the whole country get to watch because it's on Thursday Night Football yeah let's do it man let's link let's link up and uh, yeah we're gonna keep an eye on each other like you guys said Uh, it's gonna be fun shout out to Justin Fields man don't don't give up on him I like him, and uh, I think this is going to be interesting. It's going to be fun to watch, and I can't wait to, to do this again. Hey, actually, let me ask you one more question before I let you go, because uh, this is a yep. question that I had when I spoke with my Denver Broncos uh, person you know, earlier in the process. We're playing the AFC West, and in the 2021 draft, there were a lot of things that had to happen for Justin Fields to fall into the <laughs> Bears' lap. And two of those things, basically it's like all of the teams that had to pass, several of them could have used the quarterback at the time. Now, you've, you've got yeah. Bryce Young. You guys have made that trade. But, like, going into, say, 2022, were there any regrets on taking J.C. Horn above Justin Fields when he was there to be had for free as opposed to giving up a King's ransom to take Bryce Young this year? Yeah, bro. So, typically, I don't, I don't do the hindsight game. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I – I have a documented uh, reaction to us taking J.C. Horn over uh, over uh, uh, Justin Fields. I was a huge Justin Fields fan uh, coming into that draft. He fell right to us, and I was quite I was I was pissed. Uh, I think we should have. I thought we should have took Justin Fields. We had Teddy Bridgewater, uh, who was our bridge quarterback at the time, right? And we could have drafted Fields, and he could have you know slowly made his way into uh, being a starter. And we didn't do that. And why we didn't do that is because we had a terrible head coach, a, a guy who had basically carte blanche. He was basically the GM too, uh, to do whatever he wanted. And he basically uh, decided to go veteran over rookie. And I love J.C. Horn. I think he's going to be a great player. Hopefully he can stay healthy and remain on the field with a whole other conversation. Uh, but I do think we should have taken Justin Fields. I think he's talented. Uh, don't give up on us, Bears fans out there. I know there's some folks that don't maybe maybe aren't happy with his play, but uh, you got to surround him with talent, get him some help, and I think you know he's going to be fine. Uh, he has what it takes, 
And uh, I was very, very disappointed that we basically let him go to you guys. Yeah, I, those, I was not happy. Documentary reaction to that. I, right. I was, I was really pissed. Because Carolina and, and Denver were like the last two hurdles that had to be cleared in order for Justin Fields to be there at 11 when, you know, the Bears and the Giants had an agreement in place before uh, the draft. It's like if Fields is still there at 11, here's what, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, here's the trade and what we're willing to give up to uh, to get him. And since, since not making that move, and, and actually the thing was even funnier was that both teams took corners. Denver took Pat Sertan, you guys took J.C. Horn, and two years, you know, one year later, Denver gives up the farm for Russell Wilson. A year after that, you guys give up a, a King's Ransom to get uh, the number one to take uh, Bryce Young, you know, which is like any buyer's remorse uh, on that one. You, 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 both teams could have had Justin Fields for free and instead gave up, basically mortgaged your yeah. future in order to get the quarterbacks that you have uh, now. So it was yeah. it was definitely yeah. a question I wanted to ask you both. Yeah, yeah, I think we don't do the hindsight game, but yeah, man, I, I definitely, I, I mean, you know, with things the way they are now, I'm happy with, that we got Bryce. Right. Uh, it is what it is. We had to do uh, to get our franchise quarterback, but yeah, it, it does suck the fact that we, you know, we we had to trade when we could have had Justin Fields uh, right there for free. But yeah, it, it does suck. But it sounds like, it really you know, but from the way you're talking, that Justin Fields might be on another team because Matt Rule could have ruined him in, in the two years that he that he had him in 2021 yeah, that, and 2022, man. So, yeah. who knows? Exactly. Look, look what he did with uh, Matt Corral. Now Matt Corral is basically uh, Josh Rosen. You know what I mean? We took him. I know I'll be in the third round, not the same exact same scenario. But basically his career, is, uh, he's going to be a career backup now because, Matt Rule basically misused him and derailed his entire career. So that probably would have happened with Justin Fields too. So lucky, for, lucky with Justin Fields, he went where he went and everything went the way it went. But um, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been bad had he come. Yeah, I kind of subscribe to yours. I, I mean, you know, I don't really like to play the the what if game or the the hindsight thing because that you know you do that too much and you think about it too much, it's just gonna piss you off. You know, it's all it's going to do. Yeah. Is, you know, especially if the what if you know didn't break in your your favor and whatnot. Cause you usually only play the what if game when something goes wrong, you know, it's like, Hey, right. you know, we took JC Horn and, and like you said, he's going to, he's a, he's a, was one like the most talented corner in that particular uh, draft. And, you know, if he can, if he can stay healthy, he's going to be a hell of a player for us. We don't regret taking him. It's like, but yeah, would have been cool to have Justin Fields, of course, you know, but instead it didn't work out that way. Had to make the trade. We got Bryce young now though. We, you know, we got this guy and like you've been, you know, we're raving about at the beginning of the interview, Frank Reich, Jim Caldwell and company, you got a veteran receiver and Adam Thielen that, you know, he can get comfortable with Hayden Hurst tight end is a quarterback's best friend uh, kind of thing. He's been, he's been successful everywhere. He's been Baltimore, Cincinnati. He's won a lot of football games. He's been productive everywhere. So yeah, he's in a good spot and everything worked out the way that it, that it should have. Bryce Young is the Carolina Panthers starting quarterback. And I thought for a second, man, you guys were going to do the same thing that Nagy did and make that mistake with Andy Dalton because Andy Dalton comes in. I'm hearing Andy Dalton is our QB one. I was like, Oh boy, here we go again. But like two weeks later, yeah. it's like, yeah, no Bryce Young's number one going into mini camps or whatnot. It's like, okay, yeah. good. They saw the light. They, they knew that uh, they couldn't screw this up and put Bryce Young in there. Let him let him learn, let him play. And, uh, and all the rest of that stuff. We don't want him learning behind Andy Dalton and, and 
Yeah, Justin yeah, Fields' I, rookie year was think, was a wash because of all that, man. Yeah, I think I think Dalton is, is serviceable. I, I mean, I like having him as a backup. I don't want him to start. And I, of course, I'm happy yeah, that we went ahead. And, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that we made the decision to go ahead and and call it right. Don't drag it out. We all know he's going to be the guy. Like just you drafted him, you moved up, you did all this to get him. Don't play around with it. Like let's get him the reps because the reps are so important. I talked about this last night on my show. Right, the reps are so important. You can't waste time sitting here uh, playing around and say, "Oh, we're gonna, you know, we got to make him earn it." Like, of course, he earned it when you drafted him. You you right. moved up uh, to get the guy, and obviously, if he's not a complete train wreck in practice, you're gonna hand it over to him. So, let's go ahead and do it. Let's get him the reps. Let's get him comfortable, and let's move on. Uh, and I like that they did that now. And that's that's what that's what grown ups do, and that's what good coaches do: get the guy in, and let's make it happen. Amen. So, Rashad, thanks again for uh, for for joining us. Like I said, we'll be in touch to to set up our uh, our link up for for Week Ten, a Thursday night uh, game between our Bears and Panthers in Chicago. Uh, coincidentally, so um, where can we keep up with you guys uh, in the meantime? Yeah, man, you can check us out uh, at Panther Nation PC on Twitter. Uh, you can you go go to YouTube Panther Nation podcast. Uh, check us out, man. Just over twenty thousand subscribers, so. Join the family if you want to know what's going on with the Carolina Panthers. There are any Panther fans that have me watching, so not subscribe. Hit that subscribe button, man. I appreciate the support. And, uh, man, thanks for having me on the show, man. All right, Rashad Beard from Panther Nation Podcast. We'll see you again real soon. All right, man. Thank you. As always, want to thank Rashad Beard from the Panther Nation podcast for joining us to preview the uh, 2023 Carolina Panthers and helping us kick off our NFC South opponent preview series. Uh, Coming up next, we have Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons to to come on and and preview the Falcons, another team I'm very interested in and and what they're going to be up to. Uh, in 2023 I mean they've added some absolute studs in the draft in the in the first round the last three years in Kyle Pitts Drake London and now Bijan Robinson uh, you know this year in, in 2023 and and how they're going to work that together with Desmond Ritter I mean if if you think about it all of the teams that passed on Justin Fields in 2021 uh, teams like th- that didn't take a quarterback you know because the Jets and the, and the 49ers obviously did but the Falcons were one of those teams. Do they replace Matt Ryan with, you know, a, a Justin Fields or, God forbid, even a Mac Jones uh, or whatever? And then, you you know, Carolina and Denver, who we've already talked to, out of those three teams that could have added a quarterback or that could have taken Justin Fields, Atlanta was the one team that hasn't traded in the farm to go get one uh, up to this point. Now, they were in serious talks with Deshaun Watson last year, and there were rumors that, that, you, that they were talking about Lamar Jackson this year. But in the end, they kept all their draft picks and have decided to just build, their, build the team a different way, uh, whereas, you know, obviously Carolina and Denver went all in with draft picks and contracts to go ahead and get their uh, quarterbacks instead of, you know, taking Justin Fields when they had the chance to take him for free uh, in 2021. So, uh, be interested to hear what uh, what Aaron has to say about that uh, when we ask him about the Falcons on Tuesday. So, um, again, looking forward to having uh, Rashad 
uh, back on the show when the when the Bears and the Panthers meet for Thursday night football in Chicago, uh, week ten. I don't know if you want to call it a DJ Moore revenge game, but I'm sure that's what it's going to be played up to be uh, in the media uh, and whatnot. Like DJ Moore has any kind of ill will towards Carolina for them uh, trading him away or, or anything uh, like that. So I think it's a win win situation for both teams. Quite frankly, I think you know Bryce Young if they can keep him upright and healthy. I think he is the real deal, and that could work out tremendously uh, for Carolina. And we all have already heard how well it's working out between DJ Moore and, and Justin Fields uh, in OTAs and, and minicamp, and hopefully it just keeps building uh, from there. So anyway, come back on Tuesday when we will have Aaron Freeman from Locked on Falcons to help us preview the 2023 Falcons. And uh, until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground.